When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Rudder Dead is sponsored by Book Riot Insiders, the digital hangout spot for the Book Riot community. Live your best bookish life with the updated perks at Book Riot Insiders. We've sweetened the current short story and novel levels and introduced a brand new epic level, and you can try any level out for free for two weeks. The highlight is our new group read, available to all epic members, and there's no cap, so the more the merrier. Each quarter, we'll read a book voted on by Epic subscribers that will fulfill at least one task of the 2020 Read Harder Challenge and cap off our read-along with a live chat. But wait, there's more. Get the full details on this and all the other perks and sign up at insiders.bookriot.com. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 75, and we're recording on Tuesday, April 7th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you? I'm good. The rain has just started at my house, just so you're aware. So uh, it's we just happen to have the luck of uh, recording on a the day where there is a major thunderstorm passing through the Chicagoland area. So (laughs) apologies in advance for some, but it could add some ambiance maybe. We are a mystery thriller podcast, so. And it's such a change because earlier today, it was so gorgeous outside. Yeah, it was like 70s and sunny. It was beautiful out. I went for a very long walk in my neighborhood and it was so nice. And I didn't even realize it was going to storm that bad until Katie was like, hey, (laughs) there's going to be some thunder in the background. I know. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's Chicago weather and that's fine. I'm u- I'm used to that. I've lived here for 30 years. I'm I'm used to the changes. But like since staying in, I have had such a di- desire to be outside, which is very unusual because I'm usually very much, you know, just kind of stay inside. But now that I have to stay inside all the time, I'm like, I want to go outside, even if I don't go anywhere, even if it's just to take a walk. So earlier today, when I realized um, how nice it was, and I actually only realized it was nice when I saw a tweet from our governor saying, hey, I know it's nice outside, but please don't go and socialize. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I looked at my weather app, I'm like, oh, it is nice outside. I should go for a walk. And then I went outside and I was like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Like it's almost when you when you've been stuck inside for like three, four weeks, just, you know, being outside and having it be 70 degrees. I'm I like, I'm like, I'm getting teared up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to, uh, I've, I've been pretty good about going outside like once a day for the most part. And just go, like I live in a suburban area. So I have like a neighborhood that's insulated from like the major streets a little bit. So I can kind of walk around the block a little bit without interacting with large amounts of people or anything like that. So I've been trying to do that to help maintain my sanity because otherwise, yeah, it's it's rough having to stay inside. It's important to do so and to be careful and not to be out and about for reasons you don't need to be. But just like stepping outside to get fresh air every day is very nice. Yeah. And I actually, I know that I should, I should you know, go on walks more often just for, you know, general exercise and health. Um, But it hasn't been until the shelter in place orders that I've actually been going outside almost every day, even if it's just for like a a 10 minute walk on my lunch break, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've been real, but I've been keeping up with it, which is really surprising for me. But yeah, I think it now I'm just my skin is just telling me it's like, go outside, get some vitamin D. Even if it's a little chilly out, there's a there's a duck pond in my little subdivision area. So I always go by and visit the duck pond. And I keep waiting for the baby ducks to come out. So far, none. But I, t- I keep hoping that if I go every day, well, I know one day I'm going to be surprised and see and see the little ducklings wandering around. So I'm really excited for that. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> And just a quick update in case you weren't aware, um, 
We do have like COVID-19 coverage on the Book Riot site, and it's all like sort of things related to how this is impacting the bookish world from like changing release dates and like the way the bookstores are being impacted and stuff like that, along with a lot of different things in terms of like what to do while you're stuck inside, like books to read, free audiobooks that are being given away and free, sometimes even like ebooks and comics that are being uh, given away to help entertain yourself. Um, We've seen like comic artists put up things like online for you to print out in color, things like that, things to do with your kids if you have kids and everything. So if you're interested in that, there will be a link to it in the show notes for you to check out. All right. And then with that, um, I'm going to go ahead and jump into our first sponsor. Speaking of audiobooks is Libro.fm. And Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local independent bookstore at the same price as Audible for a monthly membership. And you can pick more than 150,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and some of the hottest new audiobook releases. And listeners of Red or Dead can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. You can sign up with code BR3 at Libro.fm before Saturday, April 25th, and you'll get two extra audiobooks delivered that day in celebration of Independent Bookstore Day. Even though we can't visit our bookstores um, on April 25th, it's still a day to celebrate the unique ways your local bookstore and booksellers contribute to your community, now especially more than ever. So make sure that you get over to Libro.fm and put in code BR3 to get three months of audiobooks for the price of one. And we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. All right. So if you are a longtime listener, welcome back. If you're new, welcome to the group. We are so happy to have everyone here. And I know most of us are experiencing some sort of impact from the coronavirus. So we, if you're listening to us, we appreciate that you are spending some of your time with us. Um, it helps to establish, I think, a little bit of normalcy in these bizarre times to keep putting out a podcast every couple of weeks. And we do it remotely, so that's good. Social distancing. (laughs) Anyway, when we're not talking about coronavirus, we're talking about mysteries and thrillers. So pretty much everything that falls under that umbrella is fair game, whether it's new releases or movie adaptations or things happening in the news or intriguing articles or subgenres that we want to explore a little bit more. If it's related to mysteries and thrillers, we'll cover it. And this is the part of the episode where we always encourage our listeners to reach out to us if you have any ideas for future episodes. We do use your ideas to plan future episodes. They're very helpful for us. They give us a lot of ideas for new books and new authors to try. And we're really grateful to everyone who has written in in the almost three years now that we've been doing this podcast. So if you have reached out to us, we we really, really do appreciate it. And even if you don't have any ideas, but just want, want to reach out and say hi, we very much appreciate that as well. So we'll have our contact information at the end of the episode. So keep an ear out for that. Um, but in the meantime, let's go ahead and uh, jump into some news, which is still happening. <laughs> Surprisingly, yes. And a lot of it does have to do with adaptations. So just be forewarned of that. But what is a Red or Dead episode without adaptation news? Um, So first up, we have that the trailer for Defending Jacob came out over the last couple of weeks. So this is a TV series that is coming to Apple TV, and it is starring Chris Evans. So this is an eight episode uh, drama. And if you aren't aware, the story sort of follows, um, it takes place in the small town in Massachusetts, and you're following a district attorney or an assistant district attorney who Chris Evans plays, who uh, finds himself, it says in the little blurb, uh, torn between his sworn duty to uphold justice and his unconditional love for his son, Jacob. Um, so if you uh, read the book, the book is by William Land. Land Day. You probably are really excited for this because Katie's read it and she was telling me before we started recording about how this was a really good book. Uh, So if you are a fan of this book, the series is coming out uh, very soon on Apple TV Plus and uh, you can watch the trailer now. 
Yeah, oh, do read the book. It is incredible. Like, hands down, one of the most memorable books I've read in, like, the last five years. And honestly, like, that's a great, <laughs> like, sort of, like, that should be blurbed on the book. Um, all right. And in other adaptation news, Amazon is developing an adaptation of Jan- Janelle Brown's upcoming thriller called Pretty Things, which is coming out later this month, I believe, or it's supposed to. We'll see what actually happens, but I'm pretty sure that one is still scheduled to come out later this month. Um, Nicole Kidman is set to star as well as produce, and Reed Murano has been attached to direct and executive produce this. Um, so apparently this book got into a bit of a competitive bidding war, and so Amazon was the one to finally get it. It's being, again, like I said, produced by uh, Nicole Kidman's sort of production firm called Blossom Films, who they've also... Uh, picked up the adaptation for My Lovely Wife by Samantha Downings, and that apparently will be coming to Amazon later as well. Um, So the book obviously isn't out yet, but it tells the story of two brilliant but damaged women who try to survive a game of deceit and destruction. When a reluctant grifter befriends a wealthy group of influencers on the shores of Lake Tahoe, her ultimate con devolves into a raw, treacherous game of long-awaited payback. So Nicole Kidman was recently starring in the adaptation of Big Little Lies, which I'm sure many of you are aware of. And she seems to be sort of getting into these like domestic, female focused mystery suspense thrillers. Um, And this book has been getting a lot of really good buzz. So, you know, maybe pick up the book later this month and you can look forward to the adaptation coming to Amazon in the future. All right. And then finally, AMC announced that it's moving up the season three premiere of Killing Eve by two weeks. So this was originally going to come out, it looks like either at the end of April or beginning of May, but they announced that they're now going to have a debut on Sunday, April 12th. So if you are a fan of Killing Eve, the new series is coming out very, very soon. I'm pretty sure they moved it up because of uh, the quarantines and everything, the fact that everyone is self-quarantining. And honestly, that sounds like a very smart idea, in my opinion. Like, if you have something sort of slated to come out later, why not just put it out now? Because there will be eyeballs on it, because we're all looking for things to watch. Um, If you haven't watched Killing Eve, it's a really good show. I highly recommend it. Although I do have to admit, I didn't watch season two, so maybe I will do that in over the next like week or so before season three comes out um it stars sandra oh who is amazing um and jodie comer stars as her sort of like evil villain in that show i suppose you could say uh but it is a really really fantastic show so if you are a fan of killing eve again the season three premiere is coming out on sunday april 12th so mark your calendar All right. And then speaking of moving up dates, um, Stephen King's book, If It Bleeds, has been getting a lot of buzz. Obviously, it's Stephen King. It was originally slated for publication on May 5th, but that's now been bumped up a a couple of weeks to sometime in late April. Um, The first date I had read was April 28th, but now there's some news that it might be April 21st. So it... Not sure exactly yet of the date, but it does appear that it is coming out sooner. So if you are a Stephen King fan, um, or and or if you need to own a copy of every book he's ever written, like me, um, make sure to make a note of that and pre-order that from your favorite indie bookstore. Um, but yeah, that's we're I we're gonna be seeing so many dates changing over the next few months, like. Yeah, I mean, pretty much if there's a date set right now, it's probably going to change at some point in the future. So we will try to keep everyone as updated as we can. And then if you are looking for news of something else that you might be interested in watching, um, there, Dick Wolf announced a new series, um, a new spinoff series starring Christopher Maloney, who, if you are a fan of Dick Wolf series, you know him best as Elliot Stabler from Law & Order SVU, and he is going to be headlining a new spinoff series on NBC, and I don't think that there's a date yet. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it looks like it's um, NBC has given a 13-episode order to the new show, and... Christopher Maloney is reprising his role as Elliot Stabler. So that should be really interesting. And there should be a lot of uh, potential for crossovers and all kinds of fun stuff. So if you're a Law & Order fan, definitely put that on your radar. And we'll 
put out more information as that comes out. And then finally, speaking of watching things while we are self-quarantining, if you're like a majority of the Netflix accessing world, you have probably seen or at least heard of Tiger King on Netflix, which words fail me in trying to describe this show. Um, it is, I mean, it's a basically a true crime docu-series. Um, there is a crime or a potential crime committed. There actually there's multiple crimes committed on that show. Um but it's it's bonkers. If you've seen it, you know, you understand why words are failing me right now. And last week, there was a hint that we might be getting a surprise new episode of Tiger King on Netflix. Now, take this with a grain of salt, because this is this was revealed by Jeff Lowe, who was on the show. If you have watched the show, you understand why you can't trust much of what Jeff Lowe says. Um, but it has not, basically we haven't heard word from Netflix yet, what, what the dealio is, um, but we might be getting extra Tiger King. I don't know if my blood pressure can handle it, um, but keep it, keep an eye and an ear out for that, um, if it is a thing, and yeah, that's about all I can say about Tiger King without resorting to expletives, which we can't use on this show. <laughs> Just tweet at Katie. She'll talk to you about it on Twitter because <laughs> I haven't watched it. So I can use expletives on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched it, so I can't add anything to it other than the fact that I just see everyone talking about how wild that show is. And I'm just like, I can't handle it right now. But yeah. Yeah, it is guaranteed to raise your blood pressure and give you an all-encompassing headache. But it's a trip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so now we'll be just jumping into the main discussion of our episode. Uh, so since, you know, there's a lot happening in the world, I suggested last time we finished recording for this episode that like, maybe we should just do a comfort reads episode because yeah, we need it. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, I can start Katie uh, with the book that I picked and I like specified when I was talking to Katie too, I was like, comfort reads don't have to necessarily mean cozy reads because that's not necessarily what everyone considers to be comforting. Uh, but just to pick up whatever it is that like we find comforting in terms of mysteries and just read that for the next episode. Yeah, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> <laughs> Mine is probably more along the lines though of what other people would consider a comfort read. But I mean, well, actually that's not true. But anyways, um, so... <laughs> I decided to pick up a historical mystery and historical mysteries. I'm like realizing more and more the more that I read of them that like they very much are comfort reads for me. Um, partially, I think it is sort of like stepping back into another moment in time feels really nice and escapist. And there's also like a sl like the slightest element of a coziness in that like everything is seems so much nicer in those worlds. But it's not overly cozy in that it's because like cozies can lean into the cheesy end of things. And that's not necessarily like what I find comforting all the time. Like sometimes I'm in the mood for it. But that was usually like I like things to still have like a little bit of an edge to it. So the book that I picked up was The Battelle Nut Tree Mystery by Ovidia Yu. And if this sounds like kind of familiar to you, you might remember that in a previous episode, I picked up the first book in the series, which was the Frangipani Tree Mystery. And so this is a historical mystery series set in Singapore, and it's set in the 1930s. And so in this book, you are following this character named Su Lin. And in the first book, you like get established about who Su Lin is and like sort of her background. She was born with polio. And so she like walks with a little bit of a limp and her family like worries about in the first book about like getting her married and things like that. And they don't think like her options are going to be very good because she has polio and things like that. But she's not really interested in getting married at the moment. She wants to pursue a career as a journalist. And so she ends up like she gets a pretty decent education. Um, and she ends up basically like getting hired eventually by this uh, detective, by like a detective like with the local police and things like that. Uh, so she kind of like works in the office with them. 
So like I said, this is the second book in the series. And in this book, you kind of see Su Lin getting her feet wet a little bit more with the mystery. And so this one takes place right before World War II is about to ramp up. So I think like it's around like 1935, 36, I believe. And so the mystery in this book is that there is this Englishman who is about to get married to, it's like a rich Englishman who's about to get married to an like American sort of Southern Belle type of person. And it's, they are like basically like splashed all over the gossip paper. So it's like an heiress and you know, like really rich person, like think of like a Nicole Richie type, I would say something along those lines where they're constantly talked about in the local papers. They decide that they're going to get married and they're going to get married in Singapore. And so the story starts off where it's the day before the wedding, I believe, or maybe a couple of days before the wedding. And they've been hired, like the local police has been sort of like hired or asked to kind of like watch over things with the wedding. And they're at like the wedding rehearsal and the groom like plays all these pranks on like the police officers and all this stuff. And then the next day, someone from the hotel comes to the police station because they found a dead body and the dead body turns out to be the groom. So the entire story is legitimately about like, who killed this groom. But there is like a little bit more to the story because the bride in this situation has had people in her life die before. So her first husband ended up dead as well. Um, There is like someone else in her life that eventually comes up who ended up dying in a car accident. Her like parents died when she was young. And so she sort of has this reputation of like being a black widow type of person. Um, And so there's obviously like some suspicions about like, is she behind these deaths or even just is she behind this specific death, things like that. And if not, like, is someone like potentially targeting her? Like all of these different questions that come up over the course of this book. So um, I've said this before when talking about the Fran Japani tree mystery books, but I really, really enjoy these books. They are really great at like putting you in Singapore in this time period, in my opinion. Um, I think that if you're someone who enjoys sort of like British historical mysteries, then you would very much like these books as well. Like there is a little bit of Britishness to it because um, Singapore was like occupied for a while. And so it has like similar vibes, I think, to British historical mysteries. Um, This book in particular, since you're like ramping up to World War II, there is some discussion about some of the larger world events that are happening. And there does seem to be sort of like the secondary storyline about specifically what's happening in Japan and China during this time period, which I found to be really interesting because as someone who lives in the United States, a lot of time when talking about Japan in regards to World War II, it's already after like, I feel like most of my history in regards to Japan has to do like with their sort of what they did, their role in World War II specifically, but you don't really hear that much about what was happening there and in nearby countries before World War II started that sort of ramped up to it, in my opinion. Um, So this provides some really interesting context and the characters, you know, have some opinions about things like that. And it's really interesting to see that from that kind of like outsider point of view, but still living in that region. So they still have like a very strong opinion about what's going on there. But yeah, like the mystery itself is pretty interesting. I did find this mystery to be slightly less interesting than the first book, um, only because it felt less complex, in my opinion. Um, The first one, I think, had a few different layers going on to it. And this one didn't as much. Um, I think that there's some really interesting discussions in here in terms of like women's and women's roles, and even like portrayals of women in media and things like that. There are some interesting sort of character developments that happen over the course of the book that I really enjoyed. Uh, But overall, it just made me like mostly really happy. There's actually some really sad parts in this book, (laughs) which took me by surprise, because I was like, book. I was not ready for this. I I didn't come here for the sad things, but it's okay. I know that that's part of life. Uh, But yeah, overall, I still really enjoy the series. And I'm really lucky because I just happened to put this book on hold like a while ago. And it just happened to come in at my library like at the end of February or something along those lines. And so I had checked, I'd had it checked out for quite a few weeks now. And 
I'm just glad that I had it with me while I was self-quarantining. So again, this book is called The Batel Nut Tree Mystery by Ovidia Yu. And the first book in the series is called The Fragipani Tree Mysteries. And I definitely recommend it if you enjoy historical mysteries. All right. So yeah, I took a completely different, well, a, just a different tact with my comfort reads. Because as I mentioned on the last episode, I have been in such a reading slump for the last, I mean, it's been on and off for a while, but the last month has unsurprisingly been very stressful. Um, And for me, it's been like, there was stuff happening before the before the self quarantining even hit. So I've been struggling for a while. And for me, I find I find myself when I'm really stressed out and like my brain hurts and I and I just want something to numb it. I actually the last couple of years have tried to have found like basically I've been doing everything else except reading. It's like my brain does not want to be engaged whatsoever. So it's like, hey, we're going to play Candy Crush for 3 hours or whatever. So for me the comfort reads that I know will that I know will be satisfying even if I don't tear through them the way I might when I'm, you know, basically my normal self. Um, I go for rereads. Um, something that I have read before that I've really loved and I know what I'm getting into. I know, even though I know what's going to happen in the mystery, I still really enjoy rereading books in times like this. So I so I picked up The Likeness by Tana French. Um, I'm not going to uh, jump into a plot summary. We have talked about this book so much over the last several years. But it feels like, I par- partially because of just my general mental state, <laughs> how it's been the last month and a half, and partially because I've read this particular book so many times, it feels like I'm rejoining old friends when I when I read it. Even though, like... Tana French does not write happy books. <laughs> they are, you know, they're dark. They're, there are things that happen, like they're messy, they, they're, things end up unresolved, they're complicated, but the writing style is so familiar and the sensations that I get while I'm, while I'm reading are just, I, I know how much I love Tana French. And so it's just kind of a reassuring thing that even though, the world outside is bonkers, you know, I can still I can still pick up a ton of French book and it's going to be as incredibly written as it always is. So I haven't um I'm yeah, I've I have not been reading as frequently, like I said, for lots of reasons, but I have been um when I have had the mental capacity to read, I've been I've been reading this and it and it does it does help um for me. And what I'm hoping is that by the time I get through this book, I will have hopefully geared up enough momentum to start diving into the giant stack of books that I brought home from the library, from my library, um, right before we we closed um, to the public. And also, I can't, and I can't remember, I don't think I mentioned this on the actual episode. Rincy, I know I told you about it. Um, at the end of February, when I was I was visiting Nashville for a librarian conference, that conference ended with me having to leave my car in Nashville <laughs> to get repairs done on it through a series of increasingly unfortunate events, um, which meant that I had to leave the tote bags full of books that I had picked up at the at the librarian conference in my car <laughs> in Nashville. So I didn't even have those. And just last week. I got my car back. Oh, yay. My car is back. It took a month. And the fight is not over. There's insurance issues to be worked through trying to get someone to pay for the shipping cost to get my car back to another state. But anyway, um, I do have my car back. And I have the the tote bags full of books. Now, granted, a lot of those were going to be going uh, back to my library for our patrons for like giveaways and winter reading club prizes. Um, but I did find a few books that I myself was particularly interested in. And so kind of going... <laughs> going through this reading slump has been kind of torturous because I'm like, I have all these fantastic books like here with me and I have no desire to read them. So now that my car is back, 
now that I am reading, I'm reading something I know I love and remembering like, hey, you know what, even when you're stressed out, you can still read and enjoy something. Hopefully this will give me the momentum, like I said, to dive into the pile of new books that I have sitting in various places around my apartment. Um, so yeah, I guess that was, that was, I just had a little bit more of the discussion side of this, but yeah. Um, rereading, I think, if this, if this works, maybe I'll reread some other, some other books that, that I particularly like. And if any of you have any really good suggestions for mysteries that have broken you out of a reading slump, please let me know. <laughs> I'm 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 soliciting suggestions from just about everyone. I mean, there's nothing wrong with rereading. I mean, books are meant to be read and we all like keep these giant collections. I'm someone who's terrible at rereading books and I often feel bad that I like own all these books and I like know that like the ones that I keep are the ones that I love and yet I haven't like touched some of these in like years and years and it's nice to kind of revisit them. Yeah, I used to be just an enormous rereader when I was a kid. Like, I bring a book to the dinner table, and my mom's like, haven't you read that one already? I'm like, I've read it five times. What's your point? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and but yeah, as I got older, and as I started working in libraries and being introduced to all of the fabulous books being coming out just week after week after week, I stopped rereading a lot of books because there was so much to keep up with. So it is kind of it is kind of comforting to to go back to that, you know, finding the stuff that I know I love. Yeah, so feel free to let us know like what books you guys are turning to during like difficult times when you're stressed out, what you guys consider your comfort reads, whether it be, you know, historical mysteries, cozy mysteries, rereads like Katie, or if you like to like lean into the dark stuff during this time, which is totally understandable as well. So yeah, let us know what you guys turn to for comfort reading or things that have broken you out of a reading slump when you're feeling stressed out. Yeah, I know for just real quickly my husband has been reading horror and i'm i'm a big horror fan and but he's been going through horror novels much faster than i've been going through books and so he's finishing stuff and he's like oh my gosh this was horrible what should i read next katie what do you have on your shelves so yeah he's he's kind of been leaning into the into the whole horror element um yeah he's and he's also the one who suggests we watch films like 28 days later at night and i'm like can we not <laughs> anyway on that note Let's talk about some new books. New books. So these books, um, as far as we know, their release dates are still set for this week and next week. Um, so first up, I have Broken by Don Winslow, which is actually a novella collection. There are six different stories. I think this might be his first novella collection. He's written several really, really well-received, critically acclaimed crime novels. Um, so if you like Don Winslow, you get even more Don Winslow with this. You get six, six different Don Winslow stories. Um, but this book is described at, these stories are described as nerve-shattering, heart-stopping, heartbreaking, and he creates these these worlds with these really intense characters, whether they are high-level thieves, obsessed cops, low-life crooks, private detectives, dope dealers, fugitives. Just he creates such interesting, complicated characters and such in just such complicated stories. He's he's really, I think, like the king of if you want to give it a title, like literary crime fiction. So if you are a Don Winslow fan, make sure to pick up Broken. That is out today, April 7th. So by the time you are listening to this, it will already be available. So obviously, most of us are not able to go to a bookstore to pick um, to pick these up. So if anything sounds interesting to you, order it online from your favorite indie bookstore. Give give them your give them your patronage. They really need it right now. Um and next, also out today on April 7th, is The Last Book on the Left, Stories of Murder and Mayhem from History's Most Notorious Serial Killers by Ben Kissel, Marcus Parks, and Henry Zabrowski. So if the title sounds familiar, um, this book is written by the creators of the podcast, The Last Podcast on the Left, and they really dive into everything, everything dark, horror, true crime, supernatural phenomena, basically everything up my alley. Although I have not listened to this podcast, and I'm kind of ashamed of myself. Anyway, this is their first book. 
And as the title indicates, it jumps uh, into kind of a deep dive of the most well-known and and notorious serial killers in history. So um, this book has the same deeply researched elements with a lot of dark humor. Um, The book is illustrated. It's not, I don't know that you can quite call it exactly like a work of graphic nonfiction, but there's definitely illustrative elements to the story. Um, So they look at uh, infamous serial killers like Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, um, just kind of the names that you think of when you think of serial killers. And it looks at their origin stories, their habits, just kind of what trying to get an idea of what made these terrifying people tick. And so there's newly developed content as well as content you may recognize from the podcast. And it's just a really, what the description calls an exhaustive examination of the darker side of human existence. So if you're one of those people that really, like Rincey said, really leans into the dark side of human nature, this would be a great one to pick up. So again, that is the last book on the left, Stories of Murder and Mayhem from History's Most Notorious Serial Killers by Ben Kissel, Marcus Parks, and Henry Zabrowski. And that is out on April 7th, like I said before. And then for next week, um, we have No Going Back by Sheena Kamal, which is out on April 14th. We have talked about um, this author's books before. Um, This is the third book in the Nora Watts series. Um, The first one is called The Lost Ones, which Rinsey, I think you read this one? Yeah, I actually read the first two books in the series. The first two books. Okay, I knew you had read at least the first one, or at least I was pretty sure. (laughs) So if... You are a, if you've read um, the previous books, the new one is uh, is going to be coming out. So um, Nora Watts has a talent for seeing kind of, seeing through people, seeing what lies beneath the surface with strangers that she encounters, and for knowing what they're working hard to keep hidden. But somehow it's the people closest to her that she has trouble connecting with. So in the case of Bonnie, who is the teenage daughter that Nora gave up for adoption, she has to keep trying because Bonnie has a target on her back, and it's all because of Nora. Two years ago, Bonnie was kidnapped by the wealthy Zhang family, and even though Nora rescued her, she made a powerful enemy in Dao, who is a mysterious enforcer. He's a former head of the family's private security, and he's out for revenge, and now she needs to track him down in order to keep herself and Bonnie safe. So this, having not read the books, would it be safe to say, Rincey, that you sh- this is a series that you should read in order? Yeah, for sure. Um, They don't necessarily like directly reference all that stuff, but I think it helps to understand the main character if you kind of, you know, get that back history. All right. So um, if you have already read um, the series, you can pick up No Going Back by Sheena Kamal. If you have not read any of the books in the series, but you think it sounds really interesting, you can pick up The Lost Ones, um, which obviously is already out. You can, heck, you can order all three of them if you feel so inclined. Um, But yeah, again, that is called No Going Back. And then finally, this was a book that I f- that I found on Insiders, uh, Book Riot Insiders, on the new releases page, and I had not heard of this book at all, and I thought it sounded pretty interesting. Um, it's called "The Way You Burn" by Christine Mead. Comes out on April fourteenth, and the main character is David, and he as he approaches his cabin in New Hampshire one evening to find it engulfed in flames. He's pretty sure that his girlfriend, Hope, set the fire. Um, So he tried, basically before all this happened, he tried um, roughing tried roughing it for a year after um, graduating from college. Um, He inherited a couple acres of land and a cabin from his grandfather. Um, But life at the cabin proves to be more difficult than he expected. And it starts with the woman he loves, Hope, whose past is written in the scars covering her body. Their relationship is challenged after his car slides through an intersection one night, and later his realization that someone is out there watching him. So David struggles to maintain his relationship with Hope, but ultimately, in an attempt to understand the sacrifices she has had to make, he decides to rewrite their story. In doing so, he explores the lessons he's left with after everything he thought mattered is gutted or burned away, and the surprising bits of wisdom he finds in the ashes. So this sounds 
really sounds really interesting. And so again, that is called The Way You Burn by Christine Mead. And that is out on April 14th. Yeah, still lots of good books coming out. And so hopefully, you know, there is a little bit of an interruption here happening, but hopefully nothing too major and we can still continue to get really great books to read every week. All right. So to wrap things up, we're going to talk about the things that we have been reading or plan on reading soon. I will start with saying that I finished the Truly Devious series by Maureen Johnson. So I listened to actually the third book in the series called The Hand on the Wall. Um, I've been, like I said, at the top of the show, been going on walks. And so I've been listening to a lot more audiobooks lately. And so this is one that I decided to listen to because I know uh, some people who have like complete listened to the entire series and they said they really like the narrator and it is a really good narrator. So if you aren't aware, this is a contemporary young adult series where you're following this character named Stevie Bell who gets accepted to this school called Ellingham Academy. Ellingham Academy is known for sort of selecting really like sort of gifted kids, like all of the people who get accepted are like specialized in something specific, like her best friend there is really into science stuff. Another person who goes to the academy like wrote a best-selling novel already and they're all like in high school. So Stevie Bell gets accepted because she's really interested about this mystery Related to Ellingham Academy, the person who started the academy, his daughter went missing in like the 20s, I want to say it was. Um, And so it was like basically an unsolved case forever. And so Stevie Bell is super obsessed with it. And she's determined to figure out what happens. Um, Over the course of the three books, there are some deaths and crimes that happen at the academy themselves. And The whole story is told as like the sort of present day timeline and then the past timeline of what happened with this missing girl. And obviously this is the third book in the series, so everything got wrapped up. Um, This is a series that I was super excited for because I really enjoy Maureen Johnson as a writer. This is definitely one of those YA books where like the kids are kind of precocious. Like they have what I like to call Dawson's Creek syndrome in that they talk in a way that like teenagers don't really talk. But I don't mind that. So, but I also watched Dawson Creek when it was on. So, you know, (laughs) your mileage may vary. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think Maureen Johnson is like a really good, really fun writer. If you enjoy her books, like her other books that she's written, then I think you're going to enjoy this series as well. Um, I will say I'm not a fan of like mystery series where the mystery goes over multiple books. I'm more of a wrap up a mystery within one book sort of gal. But overall, I'm glad that I read the series. And then the other book that I've finished over the past few weeks is called Friday, The Rabbi Slept Late by Harry Kemmelman. Um, so if this sounds like slightly familiar to you, um, this is the first book in what's called the Rabbi Small Mystery Series. Um, I read the third book in the series for an episode of Red or Dead a while back. I don't even remember what the topic was, but I just happened to pick this one up. Uh, And so I think it might have been a Cozy Mysteries episode or something along those lines. But yeah, I read like the third book in the series and I was like, oh, this is like a fun Cozy Mystery series. And so I remember like distinctly after that episode, requesting for my library to buy the ebook of this book, like the first book in the series. So that way I could like start from the beginning. And I'm pretty sure it's been like two years. But like, since we're currently on self quarantine, I think my library got an influx of funds to buy uh, ebooks and audiobooks for their collection, which is amazing. And so they, I got a notification a couple of weeks ago that was like, hey, this book you requested years ago is now in our catalog. Do you want to check it out? And I was like, yeah, why not? So yes, this is a, it's not a historical mystery series because this book series actually came out in the 1960s and it's set in the 1960s. So I guess it's, you know, contemporary somewhat. Uh, it It's a kind of what it sounds like in the tin. You're following this rabbi named Rabbi Small, who is a pretty young rabbi. And the first half of the book is legitimately just about what is going on at the temple that he is the rabbi over. And it's just like their local sort of like squabbles and whatnot. And like, there's a section of the congregation that doesn't really like Rabbi Small very much. Um, but you're just kind of seeing what's going on with these parishioners. Um, but then like, eventually, a mystery actually does happen. There is a young woman who is found dead on like the temple grounds, like 
basically like next to the parking lot, next to the temple. And so then obviously you're solving what actually happens here. And Rabbi Small, he doesn't get involved in the case, but he sort of like looks into things himself because, you know, he's the rabbi at the temple and he kind of helps the police figure out what exactly is going on. And so that's sort of the beginning of the Rabbi Small mystery series. The book that I read, he had already like looked into a couple of these um, different mysteries and stuff like that. And so, yeah, he like kind of puts on his detective hat a little bit every now and then. So it's a really fun, if you like cozies, it's a fun book. Um, and it's also like something super different because again, it's, uh, about like this Jewish congregation and the books talk a lot about Jewish culture and the Jewish religion. And so it's kind of interesting, at least for me as someone who is not Jewish to read all these things and learn all these different things. Um, so if that's something of interest to you, I definitely recommend these as like a nice sort of flashback mystery series. And then finally, um, the book that I am currently reading is The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. This is a pretty new release that came out earlier this year, I want to say. Um, and I had read Broken Girls when that came out, and I really enjoyed that. It's kind of like a historical fiction mixed with contemporary fiction with a little bit of like a haunted twist to it i want to and so this book seems to be leaning more in sort of like the ghost story direction um there's again a dual timeline where you're following basically a current day timeline and a 1980s timeline in the 1980s timeline there is this character named viv who basically ends up hitchhiking away from home and ends up in this small town called Fell, New York. And she ends up getting a job at the Sundown Motel. And one day she works the night shift at the motel. And one day she sort of like sees something or one night she sees something and it kind of like freaks her out. Um, and then eventually she ends up like going missing. Um, and Fell, New York basically ends up getting this reputation of like girls either or not just girls but people going missing or getting murdered and things like that even though they're like a really small town um and then you like flash forward to present day where viv's what would have been her niece uh basically finds out about viv existing in the world after her mother has passed away and she decides to go to fell new york to kind of find out what exactly happened um so yeah i'm like a quarter of the way through the book and it seems to be like leaning pretty hard in the ghost story direction which i did was not expecting but it's proving to be very interesting and i'm very much enjoying this book so far so i'll probably give like a quick update on it when i finish it by the next episode and again that one is called the sundown motel by simone st james all right. So, uh, well, despite my reading slump, I did manage to finish um, the book that I was talking about last episode, The Only Child by Mie So. Um, that's the one, just a quick refresher, where the forensic psychologist is asked um, by a serial killer who's currently in prison. Um, he wants to talk to her and basically kind of tell his story. And um, so it's very much kind of a Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter, Clarice Starling kind of setup. Um, and then in the um, psychologist's life, her husband one day brings home this, like, ele this 10-year-old girl um, who was his daughter from a previous marriage. Um, she had been living with her grandparents. Their house burned down very suddenly, and she has nowhere else to live. So he's basically, so he brings her home. He's like, hey, honey, we have a 10-year-old daughter now. So, I mean, that's the basic premise. Um, the book I mentioned last time was super creepy. Um, and it maintained that creepiness throughout. It was, I thought it was really interesting. Um, I thought there was the psychology in the book, like how they talk about the different characters and try to understand each other's motivations is very interesting. It uses the Beatles song Maxwell's Silver Hammer in a very creepy way, which I was not expecting. And I was like, ah, why are you doing this to me? I love the Beatles. <laughs> um, but yeah, this book, I really liked it. And I will say, if you are looking for a book that wraps everything up nicely at the end, this is not that book. Um, it, for me, it ended with like, like a stab of horror. Like when I finished, like I thought I had a few pages left in the book. Like I had the physical book and I kind of like had the remaining pages in my hand, but then I got to the end and then I looked, I'm like, oh my God, those are the acknowledgements. You're ending the book there? Oh my gosh. 
It's like with this reaction, like I wanted to like throw the book across the room, but not in a bad way. Like, oh God, this was terrible. It was more just kind of like a startled, like, ah, um, which is like right up my alley. <laughs> Any book that can make me yell like that is is definitely good. So I really enjoyed it. Um, so again, that is The Only Child by Mie So. And then today I just started listening to the audiobook version of Two Girls Down by Louisa Luna, which, um, Renzi, I know you have talked about on the show before. Um, two girls go missing from a strip mall parking lot, and their mother hires basically a bounty hunter to help find the girls. And um, the bounty hunter's name is Alice Vega, um, and she's kind of shut out by the police, so she enlists the help of Max Kaplan, who is a disgraced former cop, to basically help her out um, and see if she can find these girls. And I know, Renzi, you had said that you really liked it, um, so I had that on my reading list. And as I was doing ebook research for my own library, this popped up that we had access to it as an audiobook, and it was currently available, so I was just like, oh, pfft. Let's let's download that. So I just started listening to it today. Like I mentioned to Rincey before we started the show, the crime hasn't even been committed yet. Like that's how early in the book I am right now. Um, but I am going to keep my fingers crossed that this will be a nice little or a nice audiobook I can listen to on my 15 minute walks around the duck pond that I take on my lunch breaks. Um, so hopefully this will be one that I can keep uh, my interest sustained during this reading slump. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm the fact that I that I started listening to it today is a good sign. <laughs> that I started listening to anything at all is a good sign. So again, that is Two Girls Down by Louisa Luna. Yeah, I really enjoyed that book a lot. So hopefully you enjoy it too. And I actually have the sequel. I think it's the sequel or the second book of the series. I mm-hmm. uh, checked out from the library now too. So that's funny. I, maybe I'll pick that up <laughs> in the future. I mean, I have time. So why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. So that is our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. For show notes, you can head to bookriot.com slash listen, where we will have links to all of the articles that we mentioned at the top of the show, as well as to all of the books that we mentioned in this episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps others uh, discover our podcast and just helps grow our community a little bit more. If you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can send it to red or dead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincy A. And you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.